Sound ye oldie spoiler klaxon? Let's start. Oh, hi oh. Uh, what did we? What did we see, Ben? We saw Interview with a Vampire, the 1994 film directed by Neil Jordan, and in Neil Jordan's own words, <laughs> I love this so much. When I put the Blu-ray on, it came on with one of those little bits where the director introduces the film. Yeah, and he just goes, "Hi, I'm Neil Jordan, and I'm here to introduce Interview with a Vampire." A film about the saddest vampires you'll ever see. It's great. <laughs> Hang on a second. Brad Pitt in the movie makes a joke about... Because Christian Slater is asking him all these questions, right? That's Almost like he's interviewing Interview, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, they, they got that really down. You know, they understood. They nailed it. That, that, that they did nail it. There's a, he's, he's asking all these things of like, you know, vampire classic Yeah, vampire things. lore, yeah. Right. And there's one moment where he talks about, so what, like Dracula, Nosferatu? I don't know even if he says Nosferatu, but that's me adding that in probably. Brad Pitt goes, no, those are just stories made up by a crazy Irishman. Yeah. Is that a jab at the director? Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. That's quite nice. I yeah. like that. So, so yes. Yeah, this, the, this is the Ornithology presents... The Cruise Cast. I'm Ben Hyten. I'm Alex Belardi. Do you know, I think our introductions get a little bit better every week. <laughs> we really... The word you're looking for is worse. Oh. You, it's not opposite day to day. I see. Right. Okay. I don't think I've tried to hide uh, when this film has come up in previous conversations that Interview with the Vampire was a big turning point for me in my appreciation of Tom Cruise. Yeah. And it's going to become yeah. apparent very quickly that because of that, this film has kind of broken the Cruise cast. Say more. Well, I will as we go on. But am I right in saying that you hadn't seen this before or you just hadn't seen it in a no, long time? I realised I had seen it before. Right. And I thought most of the film took place in the car. So you remember the ending. <laughs> I realised I just remember the ending yeah. and I didn't remember most of what happened in between. Completely forgot about Kirsten Dance. Right. I'm going. I'm interested to see how it's going to break the cruise cast. That's well, it has for me. Yeah. Interesting. Right up top, just to get out of the way, I, I, I don't think that this is a great film. Okay. I that, But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy watching it. There's quite a lot in it that just doesn't work for me. But again, right. I liked watching it. I thought it was a in, in, in very interesting portrayal of vampires. I don't think it's something that we've really seen. And if anything, I would say that it inspired later, more... I don't know. I mean... It's rare that you get an insight into the vampire's life. That's the whole point of this. And that's why this works as a concept, as a premise. Um, and it was it's based on a book yeah. by Anne Rice. Yeah. It was written at the time. Like, I think just two, a couple of years before, actually. No, 1976 it was written. No way. I don't sure. think it became... Yeah, I don't think it became popular until much later. So at the time this came out, she had actually written... A whole bunch of them, yeah. Four books. Yeah. 
it's she's she's on to something that's slightly different in the vampire genre. I don't know if we have seen it before. There aren't that many sort of big vampire movies. Just a couple of years before this, we had Bram Stoker's Dracula, the uh, yeah. Coppola film, which was a big, big success. Yeah. Uh, and I think there was something going on in counterculture bleeding into mainstream culture in the 90s. It right. was very grungy. It was very gothy. Yeah. And this gothic, uh, quite, quite sexy, quite lusty imagery became very appealing again. So I think the the... The circumstances were ripe for things like this to become successful again. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, aside from Dracula, you know, and all of its iterations up to this point, I don't think there had... Well, no. and, and just a few years before, obviously, Lost Boys. Lost Boys was the big one. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting... That's a vampire one. The other Dracula movie was in 1979 before that. And then since this, we've had... There's another Dracula that was made in 2001. Is that Dracula 2000? I think it's called Dracula 2001. Because it came out late, yeah. Yeah. It was Dracula um, 2000. And then you got Dracula Untold, which wasn't terrible. It was okay. And Twilight, obviously. What? Yeah. Well, I never heard of them. Well, look. We yeah, mean, look, they're a massive success, right? Regardless of our feeling. They're not for us, but for a yeah. generation, they are the definitive vampire You're, you're right. Tale. You're right. Which, again, is well, I'll introduce that in another segment. I want to talk about you know, vampire powers and okay. vampire lore and, and, and what comes into it. But this story is, the prem- the premise is, Ben? <clears throat> okay, the framing device is the interview segment. So yeah. modern day, i.e. 1994, San Francisco, Christian Slater's a young journalist who sits down with Brad Pitt, who tells him, I've been alive for 200 years, I'm a vampire, this is my story. Obviously, Christian Slater doesn't believe him, so... It doesn't take much to convince him either. No. Yeah. Because he actually is a vampire and just showing off some of his super super speed. Yeah, so that's what we see. We, yeah. we go back to 1790 uh, in New Orleans and he's a, a plantation owner who's lost his young wife and daughter and he's suicidal and Tom Cruise is a prowling vampire feeding on the drunk and the uh, the lost and uh, he gives him the choice to either die at his own hand or become an immortal with him and be his partner through the ages. And Yeah, and he, he keeps saying, I'm going to give you the choice I never had. He keeps saying it. He gets to say it twice, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm curious that that never got explained. And I think that's that hits on why this film is a bit of a letdown for me. And again, I liked seeing the things I saw on screen. I don't think the performances were, were that bad. Although I don't think that they're great, it just it felt like there wasn't enough explained okay. for me, um, and I was under the impression that you know Brad Pitt is the principal character; he's the man we're following, and and I we didn't really get any of the answers that he was searching for. He got them, but we didn't, and that was a bit of a letdown for me as an audience member. It's like. There's this thing in, in films where they, you know, you don't reveal too much of the monster. You keep a mystery yeah. around around them. but And that works when the monster isn't the principal character, when you've got a hero. And there's this mystery around the monster and you reveal it maybe a little bit at the end. You see the complete monster and then it gets killed or runs away. Or there's an idea that it didn't quite die. 
and it can live again for a sequel or whatever, right? And that's a kind of, that's a tried and tested formula. You can do it with varying degrees of tension or not. But this, the monster's right there in front of us. They're all there. They are the characters. We're following them. Humans are cattle to them. We're not really on the human side. We're watching the drama of the vampire world. And yet, I didn't find my, I found myself caring about what Brad Pitt wanted and his story, but I found myself wanting to know more and not having any of it delivered. So you want to know more about Lestat. You want to know about the, the, the route of Tom Cruise's... Yeah, I want to know about Lestat. I want to know... This is like a pilot episode. That's what this is like. Kind of. but And, and I think that's the, the thing is... Okay, so I think Lestat is the most interesting thing about the film. But it's not his story. It's Louis. And, right, right, right. And Louis is quite a boring character. Even Tom Cruise says, oh... All this whining, Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and I think Brad Pitt also is not very good in the film, unfortunately. There we go. Okay, so it's lackluster. There's something missing. I get what he's going for. I get he's trying to be vampire-ish. He doesn't do... Ter- he's not terribly terrible because it's Brad Pitt, so he looks great on screen. But looking great is not enough. And I think that's been the... Brad Pitt has had that criticism leveled at him most right. of his career. <clears throat> Absolutely. So yeah. at this point, when this film came out, like I've said before, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise to me were pretty boy movie stars that I wasn't massively interested in. I Correct. I, I wouldn't okay. avoid their movies. Yeah. As long as the movie was good, I would watch it. So I'd seen Brad Pitt in Thelma Louise. He was good in that. That was a good movie. I'd seen Tom Cruise in Top Gun and Rain Man. He was good. They were good movies. But they they themselves were not enough to get me to go and see a film. The reason I watched this was because it was an 18th certificate vampire film that was going back to a period setting. And that was appealing to me. And a big budget as well. Didn't change my mind about Brad Pitt at all. That wouldn't come until much later. I love Brad Pitt these days, right? Totally changed my mind about Tom Cruise. Because yeah. I don't really see any Tom Cruise-isms in this film. When I came oh, to write no, no. classics down, I've written one word. Any? No, I mean, you could argue that he gets some, but... Um, that, and again, I'm just left with so many questions. And maybe it's just my vampire nerdism with all the questions. So I'm willing to say, you know, we can't fault the movie for not satisfying my desire to learn more about vampires and vampire lore. I want to know what the the rules are in this. That's the thing. And that's why the interview is appealing, because you've, we've got a chance as an audience member, a human is asking a vampire questions about things, and he's not getting straight answers the same way that he didn't get any straight answers about his vampirism. I, I don't know how else you'd do it, but what I'm saying, and, and I'll, I'm sorry for making the point again, the thing that was the least satisfying about this movie, or the most disappointing, was that I didn't get to find out what the vampires are in this movie. I don't know what they are. I don't know what... I suppose I'm just supposed to go, oh, I know what vampires are. But Brad Pitt's debunked so many of the questions. He said, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Like, what is it? What What are you? Okay, what are but I thing, think right? what you're actually asking is, what's your origin? Where did you come from? That's, yeah, a little bit. And that's I what he's know. seeking, and that's what he doesn't get. And he thinks he's going to get it with Armand, and right. he doesn't, right? But I actually think the film does something quite smart. All right, he says... Uh, no, garlic and steak through the heart and crucifixes, that's all bullshit. Whatever, yeah. Coffins and sunlight, that's true. And 
we thirst for blood. But then he says this other thing, we love the light, I don't know. Uh, well, he craves it. It's still going to kill him. We know oh, right, it's going to yeah. kill him. Oh, but he craves it. It's not necessarily all vampires. He, he says, yeah. you know, yeah. he misses colour, basically. There's yeah, yeah. no colour in his life anymore. Yeah, and that's why he's so happy when, when film finally invented. gets invented. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that sequence. Yeah, that was obviously. brilliant. I mean, for us, that's great. But I think the film's very respectful of established vampire lore. It doesn't make up any rules. It debunks a few superstitions, like you say, but yeah, I think kind of the rubbish ones anyway. Who cares about crucifixes? And I, I, I think it, what it basically says is, look, you know what vampires are. We don't need to explain it all for you. We're just going to show know. you it. And I love I the way it shows yeah. you it. And and it's yeah. it's there's these little clues, it's like little things, like Tom Cruise says to him, uh, "Read her mind," and he says, "What?" Yeah. And he says, "Oh, the dark gift is different for each of us." And and Kirsten Dunst alludes to it later, where she says, "I could hear his soul speaking." And right. They, so they, that that was the subtle stuff. Is like. The dark gift is different for each of us, yeah. right? That's I, I missed that completely. But it's so for me it's too subtle. And it wasn't until much later on that I when they're about to go to the performance and he tells Kirsten Dunst uh, it's gonna be different. They they have different powers or whatever. Yeah. They we don't all have the same powers. Yeah. And that that's instantly that's something that's not I don't I'm not aware of in vampire law. That's fascinating aspect of this universe's vampires it's like okay but it's really subtle now i do appreciate subtlety especially you know not over explaining technology in movies or science in movies that's important and i guess they did go for that don't over explain the monsters in this but it just again it was it was not enough i appreciate that it's better to show it and they they certainly did they they showed a lot of powers but for a vampire that has powers brad pitt being the main character didn't use them at all. He didn't seem to have any other than and I, speed. Yeah, but I know he's. But I, I guess you could argue that his character is a vampire in denial. He's a reluctant vampire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's reluctant. He's to... so bloody emo, isn't he? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's like why did why did Tom Cruise pick him? Like, you know what I mean? It's like because he's, he's beautiful. That's yeah, why. and there is this there is this moment um, when they first not when they first meet they're sort of. He's already bitten him. He's in the cemetery with him. Yeah. And he's basically made the decision like, yeah, I will. I do want to do this. And just before he's about to, I think he, the process is you have to bite them, then feed them the blood. Yeah. uh, And your own blood as a fact to turn them. There's a moment Brad Pitt's lying on the floor after he's been bitten before he's received the blood. And he looks just like a woman. Mm. it's it's that so to say that Bramford's beautiful in this is much more appropriate than to say handsome and it could just be the long hair but he's got quite feminine features very soft features in his, yeah, his very youth soft, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so and and there's something around that there is a I don't know I wouldn't say very subtle actually it's overt in the scenes where it's there um, but it's it happens only sort of twice um, a sort of homoerotic yeah um between you know Brad Pitt and Lestat, but also later as well between uh Brad Pitt and uh, Antonio Banderas or what's the uh, uh, character's name Armand. Yeah, Armand, I mean right. there's a, there's a bit quite near the end where you, you it's very much teasing that Brad Pitt is going to kiss him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's how it's played without a doubt. But it, look, but 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 that's the other thing I want to say is that maybe it's not actually, and I would I would take the point if. If a writer or director of this 
uh, or anybody who's involved in the creation of it was actually saying, well, no, actually, what we're, what we're going for is that feeding is erotic. I think it's both. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's absolutely both. And I think that's a big part of the vampire, yeah. the appeal of vampire, vampire lore and something yeah. that the film does very well as well, which is it is sexy. You know, it, it is about lust. It's about desire. Yeah. Uh, and this sharing of bodily fluids and, and the fact that the, the vampire's kiss is deadly and nourishing and, and all of these things, yeah. it's incredibly sexual. Yeah. The, the book, I think, is it plays into the idea that Louis and um, Lestat were possibly lovers a lot more. And it's probably played down because yeah. of the budget and all of this. Uh, but also because of the time, the film. you know, homosexuality yeah, yeah. wasn't but as a accepted result, as it is now. But as a result, I think this was a, a a very popular film in the LGBT community. Oh, without a doubt. You know, without three and, incredibly yeah. beautiful men all sucking on each other's necks, basically. You know, yeah. why wouldn't all, that be popular? Yeah, almost, yeah. And and, 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 and I have to say, I have to say, yeah. what I was going to say before about yeah. the bit where you think Brad Pitt's going to kiss Banderas, I was I was fully hooked and I, I wanted it to happen. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit turned on myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's an erotic moment. It certainly is. And back back to Brad, um, Tom Cruise Staples, I'd say it arguably you could say he got some, but his character's never human. He's a vampire. Yeah. It doesn't look like vampires in this anyway care very much about having sex. Their satisfaction comes from feeding. Yeah. And the way that humans and vampires get close to each other is is when you have that prelude to sex it's that moment when you're about to and so it's the it's the moment when somebody's most vulnerable to feeding i mean you can just grab someone and feed them but it's more fun to do it the way that tom cruise is doing it which is seducing yeah seducing the, women in particular the and all the hypnotism yeah. yeah all of that yeah and so that's the other thing is that, that it's clear in this is that um so it's another one of the powers that exists here is that that the hypnotic power yeah and it's it seems as though at least tom cruise has the ability to make the people he's biting experiencing it as pleasurable yes aroused orgasmic yeah aroused and orgasmic i found that very strange i hadn't seen that before but i know it's part of that hypnotism and banderas just outright makes the the woman who's on stage that he he feeds and just makes her um pass out and that's absolutely the most extreme version of the thrall is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're like X-Men, aren't they? Uh, with, with varying degrees of power, basically. Yeah, that's a way of looking at it, actually. That that they all have their own unique things and that actually that's, the, that's a staple of the Marvel Universe is that if you get powers, if you aren't born with them, they um, mimic your personality, your character. So anyone can take... The, the Hulk serum or whatever, but you'll yeah. turn into yeah, 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 the a, abomination a, 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 of yourself or whatever, whatever yeah. you are, you'll turn into more of that. But you it see, I, it seems to me, and and please correct me if I'm wrong yeah. or, or or misreading or whatever. But the the thing that frustrated you about the film, it seems to be the thing that I like the most about the first half. I do think it's a film of two halves. There's the Tom yeah. Cruise half, and there's the Banderas half. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it it's it's basically it's summed up by the line where it's just after Brad Pitt has been changed and he's he's holding a, a glass of blood and he's looking at it and Tom Cruise says 
There's nothing in the world now that doesn't hold some. And Brad Pitt interjects and says, fascination. And I think what the film does from the point that he has changed is it shows you or tries to convey a sense of the way that vampires now see the world, the way that Louis sees the world. And it's not extreme. It's not magical powers that are, you know, I can shapeshift into a thousand bats in the way that Dracula does, right? Yeah. It's, it is just seeing the world almost like through the prism of a, a hallucinogen. Detail is different. Colors have changed. Yeah. Things and are more poetic. Yeah. I, I agree with all of that as a piece of writing. The film did not show me that. And and see for me it does and that's yeah, what I, I love just, about the so first that's half. Why, this is what we no I don't I don't agree. Yeah, fine. I don't agree. It, it, the filmmaking didn't do that. I think the characters were trying to tell me with their actions, with how they're behaving, whatever. But I didn't see the vampires' world. We're humans watching it. It's not, and I, I'm not saying I want to turn into a vampire, but there was no device, there was no aesthetic that led me to see. This, ah, they see the, they literally see the world differently. I didn't, I didn't experience that at all. I just saw a bunch of nuts humans who had turned into vampires who hadn't fully come to terms with who they are. The only one who'd done that is Banderas. Yeah. Okay. And, and they're still suffering with their human psychology as vampires. And Brad Pitt's still suffering as a vampire 200 years later. And Banderas actually says it. He says, do you know the reason why I live this long? It's because not everyone has a talent for immortality. Yeah. That is my favorite line. Sorry to jump to favorite okay. lines, but that is it. <laughs> because I realized that. I, I realized it's not enough to be immortal. You have to have a talent for immortality. Sure. You have to, in Banderas's view, it's you have to be able to change with the times. But it's also, you have to just not die. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. And vampires can die. They can of piss course. off other vampires. They can be killed by other vampires. They can be killed by anyone, actually. Yes. And the idea that go, you can't go out at lunchtime die. and yeah, explode. Exactly. It's ridiculous. It's like, I'm just going to go out for a nice brunch. That's your subway. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, you could act. It was worth it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I obviously can't convince you that you didn't see. Sorry. No, I can't convince it, you that you saw the same thing as me. No, like, we saw taste, different films. This, it's going to be a taste thing. This, but what this is. Yeah. It, I, don't, I, I, I think it, it, is, it is a very subtle thing that he's doing, and he's using all of the filmmaking uh, craft at his disposal to try and do it as, as seamlessly and, and as so subtly I, as so, possible. And I think he's not using all the filmmaking craft at his disposal. I see he's trying. It didn't deliver for me, that's all. But but, but it, it's for me, it's that combination of, of sort of in-camera trickery and CG trickery um, that's, that's, you know, beautiful but not overly showy. But there's a, there's a kind of hypnotic, rhythmic quality to that first hour. And it is orgiastic as well. There's so much bloodletting and, and, and people getting, right. you know, their necks snapped and all of that. That Actually, for the first hour, I, I think it's one of the very best vampire films that there is. Because, it's, because oh. it hasn't been done in that way at that budget yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I oh, agree I, that I, as, a, as a complete experience, it is unsatisfying. Okay. Okay. Good. At least you understood. You understand where my dissatisfaction comes from. I'm not. I'm not completely off on that. Um, and what I will take is that it's different for sure. The originality of this is great. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's that time yet, if we've got more to say, but I'll, I just will say that I think the one staple is that he gets some in line with his character. That's the one yeah. staple, okay? Yeah, all right. Right. But but I'm not wrong, am I? Like, he doesn't do any running. No, 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 this is not very cruisy. And again, I'm seeing another legend performance from him here. I, so you don't I, like his performance? No, it just, ah, oh, I can't. I just don't like Tom Cruise trying to do an accent. I just don't like it. Fair enough. Absolutely yeah. fair enough. He but shouldn't do accents. He's For me, this is Tom Cruise's Jack Nicholson in The Shining. He's taking it right up to the edge of Hammy, but still keeping it entertaining. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. I was entertained by a lot of his lines, yeah? Except one was, one, again, if we're talking about Cruise staples, uh-huh. the the a little bit more energy than's required uh-huh. uh, when he's dancing with the corpse of Kirsten Dunst's <laughs> There's mother. There's still life in the old girl yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's just he gave it a little, that little bit too much. It was a little bit too stage performance. But, see, but that's I, Lestat. That yeah, is Lestat. So. Well, I don't, that's the thing. I don't yeah. know if that's anything like what Lestat is supposed to be in the books. No, Tom Cruise's version of Lestat, I love. And I think the film definitely suffers when he's not in it. The moment, I remember the exact moment I was watching this film with my friend Charlie in about 1995 uh, on VHS. The moment when Brad Pitt picks him up and throws him against a tree because he snapped the old woman's neck or something like that. And um, and and Tom Cruise is laughing. He's doing yeah. that, that crazy... Yeah, I liked that moment. Mocking That's laugh. very good. You're right, that's very good. I, that was the moment where I suddenly I became Cruise-lightened. I, I was like... <laughs> Cruise-lightened. Yeah. I, new, new phrase. He just became... Uh, Totally different to me. I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He was a completely different yeah, character. Again, he's showing his, his range, and I understand that for you, this was your, this broke your cruise cruisinity. It was yeah. It was <laughs> basically the moment I started taking him yeah. seriously as an actor. Yeah, uh, and doing the cruise cast, we've noticed that there's lots of lots and lots of other moments in his career where that could have happened, which I didn't appreciate at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, right. Um, and I've, I, I've certainly, you know, I was sold even on some of his early films. Just, just his acting ability and losing it, even. You know? All right. Well. Yeah. No. Really, <laughs> I think he acts really well in losing it. And th- risky business. I mean, he's a great actor in that. In some of his early movies, it's like he's showing his acting talent, and he's not being. He sorry, he is definitely being Tom Cruise. He hasn't broken right. that. And that's the thing and, is that he's and you're not, right. He's not Tom Cruise in this. He's right. Crazy. He's not Tom Cruise in Legend either. Well, but he looks like Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fine. That's just a makeup um, thing. Just but on I, just on that, yeah. jo- Neil Jordan said something really interesting uh, about his choice of of casting Tom Cruise in this, and he described him as a star that holds the center of the screen with an energy that is mesmeric. I really like that term. I think that's very correct. Yeah. Um, but then he also goes on to compare the life of a movie star to that of a vampire having to avoid the harsh daylight all the time. And that's why Tom Cruise kind of tapped into this this um, underworldiness of Lestat very quickly. And I thought that was very insightful and astute as well. Yeah. I just thought that was a nice yeah. uh, nice little thing it is, for him. It is, it is a nice. I like that. The other thing I want to ask, though, surely this is Tom Cruise's first time playing a villain. That's exactly... That was my very first note. Yeah. Was... It's the first time in a in a while since Tom Cruise has become a star that he hasn't had that entrance, you know, that True. first moment on screen. 
Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was completely uneventful, his first moment on screen. Yeah, it's just like his profile out of focus just, as he's stalking the he just rafters. Appears, yeah. He just appears, and that's it. He's he's biting Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Which like, it, But in itself, that is quite an amazing entrance, isn't it? It, it yeah. was an amazing entrance, but yeah. no introduction. We're no. not... We don't meet him in any way. We don't see him stalking him or anything. And it's like, that's interesting because it's like, until a vampire's on you, we don't see any vampires. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was quite, it's really nice. So I'm not saying this film is without craft. I'm just saying that the, there's a lot of good in this movie. Yeah, it just didn't do it. It, just, didn't work it for wasn't, you. it wasn't used for the purposes that I wanted it to be used yeah, yeah, for, yeah. which, which is, I don't know if that's necessarily good criteria. So again, I haven't said that this is a bad film. No, I've just said, no. I didn't enjoy it. But I thought it was a really excellent start. I love the opening 10 minutes of this. Yeah. I think it's really well done. I like that they didn't do that thing of like, Christian Slater's not quite believing him. And then he has to convince him more and more. It's like, how do you do that? Do you, are you on steroids? Hey, angel dust, PCP. You know, that <laughs> shit that they, that they say, like, in, you know. Terminator. In 80s films, yeah, Terminator, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, they didn't do any of that. Uh, vampire, right? <laughs> yeah, you're a vampire. <laughs> uh, they didn't do that, trying to convince us. And so we're in, and as audience members, we're like, no, okay, fine, we get it. He's a vampire. We're, we're... And it's in the title as well. I mean, they're not. There's no getting around. away from it. Yeah. No, there's no, no. Um, so there's no, there's nothing dubious about it. The, and so it's good. But that's the, that, that I think is why it's so frustrating. It's like, He's a vampire. He sat there talking to him. That's the device. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, we don't learn very much about vampires. We don't. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't like any of the Christian Slater stuff. I think it's the weakest part of the film. Um, yeah, for a film that's called Interview with a Vampire, there isn't much interviewing. I would rather it was just the Vampire Chronicles, which is the subtitle, and just watch more of Louis and Lestat. Right. That makes much more sense. That makes much more sense. I think they just took. The title because it's actually a very catchy title. How, whenever as in as a vampire been interviewed, right? Yeah, uh, and, great. and that that great premise. What you've just said there yeah. is exactly how Anne Rice sat down and wrote it. She was just poor, unpublished in her own words, and just thought, "What would it be like if someone sat down and uh, asked a vampire a bunch Fantastic of questions?" Fantastic premise, great premise. That's the pitch. Yeah, it's uh, that's what sells it. it she pre-sold the movie rights before the uh, the book had even been published, so it was always this was oh. always going to get made as a movie. So I, I have no idea how successful the books are. I think they've got a cult oh. following, but yeah. Well, having watched this, I'm interested in reading the books. This is a case of the opposite of what I talked about on the fern, right. which is I'm convinced that the novels have within them more of the stuff that I'm looking for, and that I don't. No know, doubt. Don't no doubt. Yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, that's just that's my nerdiness. Well, just just before we leave, Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Because I I think like he plays what I put as the foppish bastard to perfection. I think he's he's great. Um, hmm. And I th- I take I, it down a hair or two from perfection. But all right. And I, I've already said I think he he transcends. Yeah, he his, hasn't played a bad guy before. It's good. It's yeah. interesting for Cruise. And he yeah. transcends his cruisiness. Um, but when Laura was on for Top Gun, uh, she yeah. mentioned that. Tom Cruise was her favorite thing about the film, and that's right. very rare for her. So I asked her to give us some some further thoughts. Yeah. And here's what she offered. I think I said this before, but it's the only Tom Cruise film uh, in which he's my favorite thing in it. it. Reinforces my belief that he is best when playing a tremendous asshole. 
See also Tropic Thunder and Edge of Tomorrow. Right. Uh, though Kirsten Dunst is a close second as far as favourite things go, she's almost annoyingly good. And she is really, really good in it. I'm so glad she said that. Yeah. If we're talking about favourite things... Are you, sorry, you're done. No, no, there's more, but yeah. you can jump right. in. Well, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. My, totally my favourite thing. I'm. She is fantastic. I've been saving it until now, but I right. just, I, I couldn't anymore. She's so great in this. The, the, she stole the show for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she is. She's great, yeah. She's the best thing about it, yeah. So, please. Not a big fan of the pit in this one. I think we've already said that. Yeah, He, yeah. he just looks like a lost puppy for most of the film. <laughs> That's great, Lord. Um, Lestat is what makes it more than just another moody vampire story, I think. I guess there had already been takes on the modern gritty vampire like Lost Boys, but the fact that Lestat ran out of fucks to give centuries ago is fun. And there's no moral resolution for him. He ends the film as murderous as he began and pretty much just gets away with it. I always like an ending that doesn't play to a common trope. It basically appeals to my enjoyment of vampire lore and lovable douchebags. I don't think it's a perfect film by any means, but it's just the right kind of entertaining and definitely tick the boxes for my 17-year-old self when I first watched it. So I think we're largely in line with that, although she seems to have enjoyed the film a bit more than you. I think it's got more nostalgia for her as well. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, and it doesn't for me because it was it was a non-event for me. I, I mean, I guess it's just there's more of the lackluster stuff. Do you remember the scene where Lestat's with two women in some kind of a boudoir? Yeah. One of them, he sort of pretends like, oh, she's drunk. She's passed yeah. out. Um, uh, your friend, your beautiful friend has passed out. She can't take her alcohol and he's killed her. Yeah. But sort of like behind the sofa or something. Yeah. And then he focuses his attention on the other woman. And Louis comes in and interrupts them. And Cruz is... He is ba- he's basically started feeding on her breast, on her nipple, yeah. through her clothes. Yeah. And she's... Again, this is part of... This is the scene where I really understood that his... Part of his power is to make someone feel like his biting is erotic. It feels good. Hmm. Um, but he bit her so hard... He, Obviously, he's bleeding. He's feed, he started feeding on her, and she's got blood going through her clothes all the way down, down her. And she notices the blood, then starts feeling the pain. When I guess Tom Cruise loosens his mental grip on her. Well, I think fear right. and shock more than yeah. pain. Yeah. yeah, right. And she starts realizing something else is happening here. This yeah. isn't fun anymore. And Tom Cruise is just enjoying it. Yeah. He's enjoying the drama, he's enjoying the excitement, he's enjoying watching Louis squirming. He's trying to turn Louis into him, yeah. into a protege. Um, it's unsuccessfully. And this is all before the introduction of Kirsten Dunst, who like is just the next scene, basically, is when she, she comes in. Um, which is so strange, because that whole scene, even though it's it's high energy, it's tense, he's, he's begging Louis to feed on her, to, to take this life. And Louis's not doing it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to take a life. He's really... But then the next scene, he feeds on a child. Like, it's so strange. But he doesn't kill. I think that's the thing. Is Lestat yeah. is ruthless. And he's quite happy to drain He'll someone. He'll always kill, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah all the way down. He, he enjoys it, like you said. Yeah. Um, and and um, Louis says it as well. He loved to feed on the rich. The, you know, it, it, was, mm. it tasted different. It tasted better. Yeah. So he's kind of anarchistic like that. Louis just wants to survive. You know, we've already established yeah, that he'd yeah. quite happily drink rat's blood to keep going. So he'll feed, but let someone go, yeah, which but, is also what Armand does. But what I'm saying is for somebody with morals and principles and uh, who's, who needs to feed on human blood to really 
feel well, he's not making any great effort to pick like humans that might deserve it or right. you know, I he's guess not doing that. Maybe that is a failure of the film because I right. for me it's just and, and other films have established this, which is why I just take it as red, I guess. And the film should have done more in this respect, you're right. Is but the 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 hunger is insatiable and and you get these little no i understand uh, the, the, you know the the sound of a pulse like yeah there's clues to say that it's really unavoidable yeah, yeah. it's really so, hard for and and, and i think he although he's fighting against that yeah it's still going to take a hold of him and yeah. that that was that's my understanding of it no, anyway no, that that's true again and you'd think that he'd make more effort to find humans but i guess cuz he's in such denial i mean you're right he's a nemo and he's just not just he's just wandering through life. You know, he's, he's Nemo. Not, he's, he's got a little uh, deformed <laughs> little fin. He, he is. That's the that was a, one of the subtle signs that you don't <laughs> see. Um, but I'm glad he fed on an eight year old girl or how old she is <laughs> because Kirsten Dunst came into it, and the yeah. film is infinitely more interesting when she arrives. She's a, a brilliant character. Brilliant. What a tour played. de force! Amazing. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing in it. And, uh, you know, it launched her career, basically, Definitely. this this film. Uh, again, I don't know if it's a favourite line, but it's a favourite moment, for sure, is when <laughs> she's seducing Lestat, basically, in, into killing him, basically. And she's drugged two bodies that she's brought home. And she's like, I know, you know, we're not supposed to, but I, I saw them and thought of you. I brought them home for you. Yeah, little twin boys, aren't they? I'll hide the bodies, she says yeah. so cutely. And it's like, that's the sweetest way I've ever heard anybody say I'll hide bodies, you know? It's like, I mean, that is a, is just, that whole sequence is fantastic, it, I think. That's where she shows, she shines, isn't it? Oh, but, I mean, no, but I mean everything in it. Uh, the oh, way yeah. that they introduce that if you drink dead blood, you're, you know, more right. vulnerable. And then yeah. she bleeds him. And that's, right, really shocking and, and yeah. you know, sort of beautiful but gory is, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the sort of cross-section of practical and visual effects in that scene as well is, is even 20-odd years later, pretty seamless. Very, very well done. I love that whole sequence. And just, yeah, how absolutely twisted she is. It's yeah. fantastic. And the thing is, is that it's what's interesting, I, this is maybe going back a little bit on what I said. I like how subtle it was because it, I, it took me a while to really get what they were. And so it was a surprise for me when the stat comes back. Um, from the swamp, like so, she lets all his blood out. You see, he's completely dried out, almost. He's yeah. he, he looks dead. Um, they dump him in a swamp, and then an alligator. We see an alligator or a crocodile. I guess it's a crocodile. I don't know. I have no idea. It slinks down into the off the bank and into the swamp, and I'm like, oh, Lestat's gonna get it now. The alligator's gonna jump on him and kill him. No, of course not. He's gonna eat. The alligator is the thing that gives him the blood to revive and right and it, it took me a while to figure that out right that that's why he comes back but even fire doesn't kill him like i you know he gets set on fire and it's like he's pretty tough to kill i i get that and he's he, as he should be he's a vampire right and a very very powerful one that's the thing he's the magneto yeah. of the vampire world right it seems so it yeah. seems that he's got a lot of the powers yeah but you know i don't know i just you just th- you think that if you had flight, you'd fly a lot. And if you'd... Yeah, you only really see that once when he yeah. first it's takes like, Brad why, Pitt. Why wouldn't you fly a lot? You know? Well, it kind of gives away the fact that you're a vampire. Yeah, There's but that. it's night time. 
<laughs> no one's looking at the skies. Yeah, okay. you know. I don't know. I could, I could pick. I could just keep picking and keep picking, and, and then and there's no real point. Dunst is the star for me in this. She's she's phenomenal. I totally didn't want her to die. Genuinely, like a very beautiful uh, scene. That uh, yeah, fantastic. You're very powerful, actually. I really sequence. wanted to see what her life was going to be like when she gets her mum, basically, because yeah, she didn't have sure. a mother. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that I really liked about the Armand era when they when they meet Banderas and and his crew is that it seems as though there's that's another staple of the vam, of vampire law that I like that they included in this is that you get human servants yeah so people that are willing to have vampires feed on them and stay alive yeah um with the hope of one day being turned and that's nice to see that because of course that makes so much sense you know to have yeah. just walking blood Blood bags. Oh, it's it's the most sensible way to survive and not rouse suspicion. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and to have a cult following and have people who can do your bidding during the day and yeah. help and you he, out. And... Yeah, he rides his carriage for him during the day. I love That's that right. little touch. Yeah. So it's nice. Uh, he's a boy, you know, but he's a boy who's been seduced by this cult, and perhaps his whole family is. You know, you, yeah. you don't know. And 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 I I like that that's there. And again, I like that that wasn't overdone. That, that because we're. We're in the vampire world, we're not, and so it makes sense that Kirsten Dunst found one of her own because it appears that she's too young to turn anyone herself. That's the whole she, thing. Yes, she lacks yeah. certain powers. Yeah, she because she says, anyone. "I don't have the strength" or something. Doesn't yeah, she? It, as we assume she's tried. Yeah, I think the film does lose um, energy when Tom Cruise departs uh, about halfway through. When they are just wandering around Europe, the film's kind of wandering along as well. You mentioned that Dunst is the star for you. Obviously, Cruz, for me, Dunst yeah. is brilliant. But I love Stephen Ray as well. I, another actor who I just think, he just never phones it in. He's always great. He's right. the, he's Armand's assistant, the French guy. Right. Um, really creepy in this. And I think that's the thing about the film is, as as unsatisfying as it is when it gets to the end and just sort of drifts into the credits... And as much yeah. as I agree with you, it doesn't really hold together. It's a pilot. That's why. Um, there are so many sequences in it that are unnerving and gothically beautiful. Agree. And, and yeah, there's some cinema history here. So for sure. just yeah. so well made. And like the the theatre of vampires uh, sequence is is horrific. You know, it's really upsetting what happens in that yeah. sequence. And the 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 bit where Louis like basically takes his revenge, that's yeah. a fantastic sequence as well. Just setting fire yeah. to all of these vampires and their flaming bodies flying around, and he's hacking them in half with this massive scythe. It's a it's awesome. Yeah, I think Banderas though, and I love Antonio Banderas. He's yes, kind so of I. crap in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he just does. I think he does just fine because it's Banderas. Yeah, uh, and so I don't know if crap's fair, but he's not. You can't say it's fantastic. I just think it's Banderas being a vampire, which is cool. That's all. That's what I got. I I wasn't like I was just happy to see him on screen. Like oh, and so it was a highlight for me. But again, for being the the Lord Vampire that he is, he didn't do very much. No. It, and there's there's a thing that where it's like it's a bit of a a Chekhov's gun thing. It's like you see the powers, but you don't see them being put to any use at all. Or them really being smart with them or using them to their advantage in any way 
And you could argue that they're so superior to humans that they don't really have a need to use their powers very much, except for with each other. Fair enough. And and I take your point that it's not about the powers for them. It's about how they view the world now. But that's why I like... I think one of the most important things is Antonio Banderas's line. Interesting that you said that it should be called The Vampire Chronicles. And interesting that we keep talking about the, the, the film, the structure of the movies a bit wrong and that Lestat's interesting. So whether it's Tom Cruise or not doesn't really matter. Lestat is a fascinating character that barely, that doesn't appear enough in this. Mm-hmm. And if you're just, just reading through the titles, okay, imagine what it would have been like if they just kept making vampire movies. So, okay, so hang on. Before you go any further... Yeah. Yeah. Let's imagine that Tom Cruise never got his Mission Impossible franchise. That's exactly my note. You're right, nicking fine, it, you're stealing it from me. So instead we this get the, the Lestat franchise. This is a new this is a, a confluence right, of segments. I'm on board. I'm on board. Give it to me. The confluence of segments. This is reboot remake and <laughs> yeah. the alternate cruiserverse. Woo! If you wish to make a movie star from scratch. You must first invent the cruiserverse. Thank fuck, because the reason I said yeah. this film broke the cruise cast for me is I haven't got a single idea of how to tie it into the cruiserverse. This is where I shine, man. So, so you've given it to this me. This is sci-fi. This is, this is my, my thing. So if if Irish immigrant, whatever his name was, Paddy O'Hamlin, had never come over to Boston and, and started the Tom Cruise franchise that we've been following this is the alternate path you're about to give us now go he becomes a vampire instead he becomes lestat yeah okay so thank you you got it thank christ and and in the alternate cruiserverse this is where it gets weird okay tom cruise the actor keeps making right because he doesn't have offspring he keeps making vampire chronicle movies okay yeah 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 and doesn't make Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the alternate universe, he makes... In our universe, he makes Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. So, But just listen to this, okay? Vampire Chronicles starts with Interview of Vampire, 1976. Mm-hmm. Then the, the next installment in 1985 is The Vampire Lestat. Yeah. That's what it's called. <clears throat> Can you imagine a second movie uh, just with Tom Cruise? Give it to me now. And he I wouldn't have done... Yeah. Exactly, he wouldn't have done Mission Impossible if he was doing the Vampire Chronicles. Can you imagine if we had the Vampire Lestat, the Queen of the Damned? Don't know who that is. Well, they did make it into a movie, yeah. Did they? The Queen of the Damned? Yeah, it was awful. Right. I didn't know it. Had Aaliyah in it. Oh, right, okay. The Tale of the Body Thief. Um, Memnock the Devil. Don't know. The Vampire Armand. That would have been great to see a whole Armand movie. With Banderas in 1998. Don't know what he was doing. Zorro, probably. Yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, Merrick. Don't know what that is. Blood and Gold, Blackwood Farm. Don't know any of these. Blood Canticle. Don't make sense. But then in 2014, she wrote Prince Lestat. Mm. So Lestat is still going strong in the Vampire Chronicles. Right? Uh, yeah, continue. <clears throat> I think you could the, ditch some of those, but definitely and the three last or four of, them. of the Vampire Chronicles just goes completely nuts. Prince Lestat and the Realms of Atlantis. <laughs> Imagine. That's just like... Wow. Starring The Rock as the King of Atlantis. Yeah, right. Versus Tom Cruise, Lestat, right? Can you imagine if he just continued like making vampire movies, who, who he would have been? 
Because he was in, wow. in the Cruciverse, because he's an actual vampire. Yeah, that was there. You go, Cruciverse two, Cruciverse two point oh. Yes, there is an alternate timeline in the Cruciverse, we and peaked, it's one where we peaked it. Yeah, yeah, it's one where Tom Cruise becomes a vampire. I mean, ultimately, and, and makes a bunch of vampire movies. Look, I I love Cruise in this film. I'm glad he did it. Ultimately, I'm happier that we got the Tom Cruise timeline that we have. Uh, yeah, for sure, because I don't want to watch another one of these movies. I'm really happy that the movie we're watching next is... Mission Impossible. Yeah, but before that, we've got some more uh, segments to get through. Well, as I've already said, I, I didn't write down any classics whatsoever. No, there were none. Like, I, I made a small argument for getting some. Yeah. Uh, if laugh, anybody else spots any... Yeah, but there's no woos, no. no jumping off of things, a little bit of flying. Flying, yeah. Uh, no, nothing. No. Um, Lines-wise, I only wrote down the uh, I'm going to give you the choice I never had and the line I already said about the world being full of fascination. I didn't really write any lines down. I might put in a case for more energy than is necessary in a couple scenes, but I don't know if it's unnecessary even that's, for his character. Exactly, like, even yeah. that's... An, eh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So yeah, the only the only thing I've got is numbers. Go for it, man. It's your numbers. Budget. Is that your vampire, Ray Winston? Yeah. Sixty Good. million dollars. All right, that's pretty high, actually. Cinema. Fifteen million dollars. So he's going up again a little yeah. bit. Nice, yeah. <clears throat> nice little payday there. Worldwide gross. Two hundred and twenty-one point three million dollars. Ah, sorry, man. You just reminded me of Stable being rich. Mm. He's rich in this, like all the time. Is he though? He just seems oh. to inhabit other people's houses. He doesn't have any possessions. Or well, I guess if he just kills people and lives in their houses. Also, that's... he wears the same clothes for two hundred years. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he can't be that rich. Do vampires have bio? Uh, they have the smell of the dead on them. But yeah, and it's, it's too subtle for the living to hit the old very, dead. It's very okay. similar to uh, liver. Okay. Anyway, yeah, worldwide gross $221.3 million. So, again, a huge hit. And yeah, weird. I, I, again... Uh, no, well, I think that's just Brad Pitt, Christian Slater, and Tom Cruise, who were big names at this time. Definitely helps. Had yeah. he done Prince of Thieves, Christian Slater, this yeah. time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a last-minute addition because uh, River Phoenix was supposed to play that part, and obviously he died. And the film is dedicated oh, wow. to him. It's your numbers. Oh, that's 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 nice and interesting. I I, I would have loved to have seen River Phoenix actually in this. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a like rubbish part, but yeah. No, but um, but again, there is no way that the makers of this movie were not thinking of making more. They, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. It's it's the whole film is designed. The casting, everything. It's thinking we're going to have a movie where Christian Slater is, you know. A yeah. vampire oh, in the and next movie. It's all that's all. The worst thing that happened to them is that both Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise went on to become major, major, major movie stars. Yeah, and they couldn't do. Didn't want to come back and do yeah, this. Why would they? Yeah. I just want to do a rundown of the powers. I want to see if I got them or not. Right. <laughs> so in this, I counted super speed. Yeah. Psychic abilities. Yes. Like mind extent. reading. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, mixed with. Hallucinations, mind control as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Super strength, I did not actually see in this. You don't appear to be very strong. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Flight. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any transmutation. No. 
There's no garlic. There's no steaks through the heart. No. There's no coffins. But that yeah. just is like to save them from daylight. Yeah. I'm assuming they can sleep anywhere. They don't well, have yeah, to be in a coffin. It's pretty efficient, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just safety. It's human-sized. Yeah, yeah. It's got cushioning. That's the only reason for the coffins. But yeah. he says, like, it's a necessity. Coffins are a necessity. I d- I, it could be any box, right? Yeah, but I think that's Louis' naivety as well, because he says of Tom Cruise, he was all I ever knew. And, and so it, he just he's picked up the rules from Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Sunlight. Mm. So this is not so much powers. It's, I guess, weaknesses. The The feeding on the dead, I don't. I'm certain that that's actually just part of vampire lore. That's, you know, don't do that. Yeah. You know, but it seems to be prominent in this. Um, nothing about silver. That's all I got. Do you notice anything else that was sort of diff- either differing or, or powers I missed in this? No, I think you got them all. Yeah. The only thing that sort of bugged me, if I'm honest, is because um, he says the stake through the heart's bullshit. And that made me think, right, so you're saying that a stake through the heart wouldn't kill you. But I think then, it would if you left it in there. But then the vampires in Armand's crew, they seem a little bit too easy to kill. I mean, one guy, he just slashes across the stomach. And we've already established when Tom Cruise gets his face cut that he heals like Wolverine straight away. So yeah. why did that guy die? Yeah, so again, so this is what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of questions left open, which is, it's okay, you know. You don't want to learn everything necessarily about your monsters especially if you're trying to set up a franchise, but it wasn't done well. It wasn't used for, as a storytelling effect or because the premise is that we're interviewing a vampire and we're learning about vampirism and through Louis's eyes, we're not learning what he's learning. We don't yeah. know why he knows that the way he kills all these vampires. And you know what? He might not kill them all. That's the other thing is that yeah. some of them may have survived. He's just being a dick to them. <laughs> you know, he's just whether that he actually kills them or not. But I'd argue that it might be that beheading is quite, you know, fine. being cut yeah, in yeah, half. Fine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I get that. It's Maybe you can't grow back from that or I, I don't know. I'm understood. But, and which half grows back? Do you become two? Does If you behead or you're just cut in half, do your legs grow back on one half and your body grow back on the other half and you become two people? Uh, so, yeah, that's it on powers. Fine. Um, I, I, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> In the powers, as I've, I'll say it again, um, and that's what that's what made the movie. I do I do agree with something that you've so said great. in the past. Uh, is that it would be nice to have a vampire film where someone goes all out and really uses all of the powers at their disposal to be yeah. almost a demigod, right? That's because what my hope for Un- Dracula Untold was, and it didn't satisfy it. Much more than lots of other movies, it did, okay. but the movie wasn't great. Fair Did enough. you ever see it? Dracula? I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm just going to throw it out there that you should watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. I don't think it'll scratch that itch, right. but but he does do a lot more <laughs> than the vampires in this right. do, um, okay. especially when it comes it's, to shape. It's one of the reasons why I'm like really that. enjoying The Strain. Right. Yeah, it's a great, you know, great recommendation for me if you're into vampire stuff. So, if anybody out there knows of a really great vampire film that we're missing, yeah, please let us know because we're we're please, in the market let, for one. Let me know. I mean, even Blade as well. It's just a bit. I like I like the Blade movies, even though they get worse and worse. Um, I don't know about that. The second one's probably the best one, isn't it? That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, Blade Trinity's pretty bad. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Okay. So this is where we're going to really differ, I think, Alex, uh, from what you've been saying, because I think you're going to probably go a lot lower than me. We'll see. We'll see. Do you know where you're putting it? I do. Go on, then. Because this has generated so much intrigue and so much conversation for me, and I don't think it's a bad film, Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it, it's definitely a movie that I would watch before All the Right Moves, Born on the Fourth of July, Far and Away, Outsiders. It has to go above all of them. I think it's going just below Risky Business and above All the Right Moves. Okay. So it's fairly high, actually, considering how down on it I've been. Well, yeah, I mean, like I've said, I, th- I do think it's it's in the upper echelons of the uh, vampire movies, uh, and I think Tom Cruise is great in it. So it's just outside the top five for me. It's going above the firm. Wow, man. But below Risky yeah, Business. Yeah. And that's literally, that's mostly based on how much it um, evolves your love of Cruise. That's mainly it's it. That, it's because of Tom Cruise. Yeah. Over the years, I've watched it every couple of years, and I, I always you know get sucked in by it i always enjoy it i always get unnerved mm. by it i don't i'm not bored of it um yeah but it I, I have never been able to shake off that feeling that i wish it stuck the landing a bit better that's all yeah i mean i wish it stuck loads of things a bit better the landing included definitely yeah. will you be watching the queen of the damned starring alia and he was married to charlie's Theron for a bit stew stewart something Stuart Townsend. He was the original Aragorn, and he got fired from Lord of the Rings. He was the replacement Lestat. He's had a really unfortunate career, and he got dumped by Charlize Theron. The damned. The vampire Lestat becomes a rock star. Jesus. This is the plot. The plot. The vampire Lestat becomes a rock star whose music wakes up the queen of all vampires. So you're going to give that one a watch? It sounds like a winner. I've got no idea if I'm interested. Yeah, watch it. Sounds great. You go and watch that, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and watch Mission Impossible starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to join you. I think I might watch that as well. And then maybe let's talk about it for about an hour. Yeah, if 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 you're not having the interview with a vampire was a big turning point for Cruise, Mission Impossible definitely was, uh, if only for the numbers. But we'll talk about that next time. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join us... For that mission, impossible next time. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> You're such a count, you know that. Don't forget, you can jack reach us at The Arnithology on Twitter, The Arnithology on Facebook, and The Arnithology at gmail.com. <laughs>